Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast, a podcast presenting the very best recorded panels and seminars related to game design and publishing. This podcast has been made possible thanks to the kind contributions of the panel speakers and Metatopia 2018. Episode 219. Getting started with Drive-Thru RPG. Presented by Christopher Tang. Alright, so... I'm going... I assume Pete's coming back. He's not sitting on this panel with me, but he has chosen to attend, I believe. But, uh, we can get started with what's going on here, so... Uh, we are being recorded, apparently, um, but with this relatively small number of people, uh, what I would like to do is to focus the advice on what everyone in this room is looking to learn. Uh, so if you guys are sort of more of an advanced class, we will focus on sort of drive through 201. If you guys have not even created a drive through account, then we'll start with a little more basic stuff. But I would like the content here to be useful to everyone in the room, uh, rather than just a general whatever to podcast land, uh, because <laughs> you guys are actually here, so you count more. All right. Um, so you were here first, so we're gonna start with you. What? Where are you at as a uh, I, I publisher slash sub publisher? What are you looking to achieve? I have a. Okay, like a publisher or, or like a customer account. Like a customer account. Okay. Um, and uh, I was looking at maybe posting some things up as um, pay your own or... Like a pay what you want things? Are you looking more for community content stuff like DMs Guild and Storytellers Vault or are you looking for more classic self-publishing? Um, more classic self-publishing but possibly touching on uh, DMs Guild. I've got a bunch of content that would be mm -hmm. appropriate, but mm -hmm. don't know if that's necessarily useful. Uh, it's useful to me to know that you want to do that. Yeah, right, 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 right. So, uh, how about you? What are you interested in? Uh, right now, we have... Uh, we wear the same design. Yeah, okay, so you guys are already in a design outfit together. Yep. Uh, right now, we, we, we just learned that DriveThru has a war game section. Yes, we yeah. do. We have a war game. I was totally unaware. We have, our, our game is, we're, we're not really sure, which is probably we're, we're testing it here, whether it's RPG or war game, because right now we're kind of straddling both. Okay, interesting. Um, and we have good war game mechanics down, and we're trying to see how that can be turned into, like, campaign mechanics. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah, so, was, um, like, how to do character advancement, because the original one was just, like, a player versus player game. Okay. With sort of set limitations. So was it single man war game, like where you control one character, or was it gang style, or? You can take as many as you want, but probably only using one character. Okay, probably only. Okay, yeah. In in sort of classic nineteen seventies terminology, that was called a man to man war game. Yeah. I've been balancing around a team versus team battle in a sense. Four players versus four players. Okay, interesting. For the average, I've read through how like it works. Putting a product on mm -hmm. drive RPG, uh -huh. and so I was just looking to hear from an actual drive RPG person. To okay. Your suggestions. 
Okay. Well, uh, so no, you're you're fine. You're fine. Uh, so it sounds like at least for the three of you, we're looking at a much more let's get actually get started. Like really basic. You're not like oh, I've published twenty products over the last five years and I want to know how to sell more kind of thing. It's a how do I get started? What do I need to do? What are the basic rules and regulations kind of thing? All right. So uh, I will say off the bat. Yep, I'll just let him leave the room. All right. So uh, I will say off the bat, uh, of course, we... So here's a sort of... There you go. All right, so here's some 101, I guess. And this is some of the stuff that you might look at. For instance, my business card, which I hope each of you will take before you leave, because I have a lot. Um, but uh, so drive through RPG is what is the best-known brand. There is, however, a parent company. The parent company is One Bookshelf. If you were to look at the Metatopia website and look up my name, Christopher Tang, you will see uh, me listed as an employee of one bookshelf, not of DriveThruRPG, even though most of what I do happens at DriveThruRPG. So let's talk about the one bookshelf family of uh, websites and brand lines in terms of, you know, not all of them will be relevant to everyone in this room, but it's at least good to know it's out there. So, DriveThruRPG is our best-known brand. It's the world's largest RPG download store. We have a second RPG store called RPG Now. It's just a mirror of DriveThruRPG, but both websites used to be independent in two different companies. They eventually merged. The both at the time the decision was made to have both websites, so that's where we are. Um, Fifteen years later, uh, yeah, we've been around a while. Um, there are a few other brands for other things we do that. Uh, get less traffic, but are nonetheless good resources for game developers, depending on how you expand. We have drive-through cards, in which we have card printing, including print-on-demand print card printing. We also have print-on-demand book printing for our books. Uh, we have drive-through comics and drive-through fiction, uh, the majority of which are gaming-related fiction. So, for instance, you can find the D&D comics on drive-through comics, we carry IDW comics uh, and whatnot. So generally a lot more indie stuff beyond those two things, but a lot of sort of things that would appeal to a gaming audience, just like Drive Through Fiction, which has a lot of game fiction on it. Uh, your, all your Shadowrun novels, all your vampire novels are on there. Uh, so if you want to have one-stop shopping for all the things related to certain brands, you know, uh, not... One bookshelf, at one bookshelf, yes, that's the idea. And relevant to the these gentlemen over here, podcast gold, physical gestures, uh, Wargame Vault, which is our Wargame site. Uh, so when you start, in a, uh, pu so as a customer at, at DriveThru, hello. hello, are you here for welcome to DriveThru RPG? Or yeah, start getting started. All right. I feel a little outnumbered. <laughs> Fair enough. We are the war gamer guys. That's fine. We can talk about war game stuff. So, event. So let's say you decide. You know what? We're we're taking the plunge from just a customer buying stuff. Which thank you to uh, being a publisher. First of all, you're going to have to start an account if you haven't already. At least one person needs an account to transform to being a publisher account. Uh, once Now, once you have a publisher account, you can use that publisher account on any of our websites. 
So if you want to, if you're not sure if you're going to do drive through or War Game Vault, doesn't matter. Same account, publishing account will work for both. Uh, and the tools are substantially similar. The main difference are categories. So when I say categories, these are sort of search engine optimization things associated with every product. Some of them are pretty obvious. So for instance, fantasy, horror, science fiction. And yes, and now you're smiling like, well, of course those must be things that you check a box to categorize your work as RPG versus categorizing as war game. Um, categorizing, you know, subcategories. This is science fiction. Well, is this, you know, you know, space opera versus cyberpunk versus hard sci-fi versus, you know, these sort of subcategories. You know, things that you might expect when, you know, looking at the description of a novel, for instance, of what genre it is or whatnot. Uh, that's something on the back end that is slightly different from site to site. You know, for instance, uh, most people on DriveThruRPG are not searching for Napoleonic era stuff. This is not true on War Game Vault. People search for Napoleonic era stuff, so it needs to be a category. But it muddies the water on DriveThruRPG if you start typing NAP and it comes up with Napoleon, because no one's looking for that there. And oh, so it shouldn't be in our autofill and whatnot. So you start so. You would go to, you go on our site. If you scroll to the bottom, there's a link of, so you want to start publishing. You go there, you go to a section of our website that will tell you, hey, if you start an account with us, here's the details. Here's what, it, here's what you're actually agreeing to. Uh, we won't go through all the ticky-tacky legal details, but I will say it's only like a thousand words. We keep it a pretty simple agreement. So it's actually clear what your obligations are uh, with us. When you start the account, you have one of two account types, either exclusive or non-exclusive. Exclusive or non-exclusive, this is a big thing even long-term publishers with us get wrong. Exclusive versus non-exclusive applies to the publisher, not to the product. So if you're like, well, I'm only selling this book with you guys, but I've got this other book that I sell on a competitor website. Now, bear in mind, we're only talking about digital products, okay? And I'm like, they're like, oh, well, this one's exclusive, but this book's not exclusive. Like, no, either you're an exclusive publisher or you're not. And we don't care which one you pick, but it is an agreement because there are advantages to being exclusive. Uh, one advantage is you get more money. Uh, people who are exclusive publishers on digital sales keep 70% of what they sell. That other 30% goes to us. This is how we can afford to actually have a website. Mm -hmm. If you are non-exclusive, you keep 65%. The idea being that you're making up those sales somewhere else. Now, uh, now this only applies to digital things. So if you have physical product, such as a book or miniatures or what have you, you can sell that wherever you want. We don't care. It will not affect an exclusive status because we understand that our print-on-demand service is not a one-size-fits-all solution for everyone. Uh, whereas a PDF is a PDF PDF no matter where you download it. Uh, you know, there is a big difference between what print-on-demand services can do versus offset printing if you want a big print run. And there's certain things we just don't do, like we can't sell miniatures if you want to do that. We, we just can't. So we don't care about physical product in terms of exclusive versus non-exclusive. We also don't care about free product. 
because we understand that you need to give some things away like digital flyers and whatnot to advertise yourself. So maybe you want to put some free products in a few different places to lead people to grow your brand. I, yeah. You can also sell stuff on your own website. If you decide you want to go through the trouble of setting up a website that has a storefront and you're going to deal with point of sale and all that, yeah, feel free. We won't consider it a, a breach of exclusivity. We just ask that you keep the price the same. So if we have like a free version of our game on our website, yeah, it's totally fine. only sell it through drive-thru, that would still be exclusive? Sure. Or you could have a paid version on your own website as long as the price is matched. Right, because we don't want you to like, hey, drive through it's thirty dollars, but you could come to our website <laughs> and pay ten. Well, we still make more if it's on ours because we don't lose the copyrights. Right, yeah, okay. but you have we're to. We're not going to do that. We're way too lazy. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> there are quite a few publishers, especially in the in the getting started or smaller catalog uh, set, who they're like, I don't want to deal with setting up a point of sale and credit card security and all that mess right now let me just direct everyone to drive through because then they have to deal with that legalese and if there's some sort of financial breach it's their problem not mine um, which uh, thankfully we've never had one <laughs> so I imagine there's a ton of tax bookkeeping now that you guys probably have automated that there's no way us setting up our own truck would it would be a lot of work to get to started doing like a feasible amount of time right <laughs> so so yeah, that's some of the basic details of exclusive versus non-exclusive. So you have a discussion either in your own head or uh, investors or as with your financial partners and you make a decision and you press that button and you now, you're a publisher. Congratulations. You do not have to immediately upload a product. We do not require that. Therefore, if you know you're taking the plunge, I highly recommend getting started as a publisher, upgrading your account once you have that exclusive versus non-exclusive debate. I'll get to you in just a second, because I just want to say why I recommend that, which is a few different reasons. One, you can start looking at our tools. You can start getting familiar with them so that you aren't on a, excellent, it's launch day. We are ready to launch our book. It is ready to go. Let's create a publisher account. Oh God, what do we do now? There's a million tools here. Um, I don't know what each of these do. What does this link do and whatnot? Like, no, you don't want that stress. Mm -hmm. What you want is learn at a reasonable time frame when you have time, browse the tools, look at how it works, ask questions. To me, like Chris, uh, you know, we don't even know what this link does. Like, what does this do? Why would we ever want to do this? And I will say, well, here's the circumstances where you would use that. Where do we find this? Like, well, you can't do that. I'm an admin. I have to do that for you. That kind of thing. Would it be a faux pas to, like, upload a nothing test packet that you delete? If it's a faux pas, I'd have to kick off half the people on the site. <laughs> okay. I'm just make it sure. You can, you can, a lot of people create a test product to see how it works, and then they contact us later to delete it because then they realize they can't delete things on their own. Oh, okay. I didn't. Um, but it's okay if you want to do it. Okay. All right. <laughs> we won't be mad. Um, Just didn't know how much of like, that was an issue for you guys. Like, we don't care. We really, we really, we pay for a lot of server space. Like, you have no idea how much, like, so many terabytes, so many. Uh, I, on the sales end of that. Yeah. yeah. 
So um, we, uh, so yes, so uh, I suppose I should like so that's one reason. Get familiar with the tools, have a chance to look through them. Uh, in fact, looking at those tools, it may even occur to you like, wow, I never even thought about doing you know X with my product line until I knew it's a thing you could do. Um, and that'll be different for different people depending on you know how much you've looked at what we do or how much time you spend on our website honestly um, another reason is because uh, something that would never occur to a customer because you never see it is a thing called publisher promotion points PPP which is our internal economy so if you've ever logged into drive-thru or any of our other uh, sites such as wargame vault or drive-thru comics or whatnot you would have seen at the top a thing called the deal of the day you may have also seen things like banners, featured products, and whatnot. Those are not curated by our staff. We don't have time to sift through thousands of products and pick out a featured product for each one. Instead, that is something that is a marketing tool available to our publishers. So the way it works is your PPP is basically fake money that you use to buy advertising on our site. This allows for an economy of it so that some people don't just register for it all the time and dominate it. They have to pay their PPP, which prevents them from doing it constantly. And it means that other people uh, actually have a chance. So your PPP accumulates based on uh, three factors. One, being on the site. Each month that you're on the site, you get some PPP. The second factor of that is exclu exclusive people get a few more extra PPP, just for being exclusive. The third thing that gives you PPP, making sales. So people who make sales get more PPP. It's a virtuous circle. Yep. One of those things of which is part of why you should put more products up and not necessarily put them all up for free, which comes back to the fact that we're a business and capitalism and we have to eat. So, so you could rack it up across several products and then use it. Push one, absolutely. In fact, that's if you kind of look at the numbers, that's exactly how it's done. Which goes back to the idea that smaller, cheaper products are advertisements for the bigger products. Yep. Yeah. If you think about it, like every D and D module is just an advertisement to go buy in D and D. You don't think about it as an advertisement. It looks like content, so it slips past your defenses, because in the year 2018. We tune out a ton of ads. You see ads all the time. You're loading an internet video or a TV show. You're trying to get somewhere. There's banners at the top. Yeah, I know, right? Did you even see it? Um, like, the fact is, like, we've gotten very good at tuning out ads in American culture or, or really any culture with enough computers and uh, spare money where drive through RPG would even be meaningful. Uh, we're very good at tuning out ads. So ads have to be more sophisticated. And one of those ways of sophistication is by being a piece of content, by being something that adds to your experience in a meaningful way. Um, so a one-page adventure that is pay what you want, but is for your system. People are like, ah, oh, excellent, I'm downloading stuff, I'm getting something. And then they sit down and read, and like, I'm getting some for free, that's great. And then they sit down and they read it. 
and the act of reading that slips past their defenses because they don't process as an ad when they're really reading about your game system and how to run in adventures in your world and what have you. Uh, so, and then, so that's a, that's another little tip. Come out with little free things periodically or cheap things, whatnot. Another how-to drive-through. Um, so, we've talked about signing up. We've talked about the different websites and uh, what they can do. So, now you've got an account. Well, you have to come out with products. Now, there are different kinds of products you can come out. You say, well, what if I want to do different things? Well, our, files, our system is agnostic in terms of the kind of files you want to upload. So if you say, well, we are coming out with a war game, we want a book, but maybe we want some STL files for 3D printing so that people can buy, instead of buying our miniature, this is one thing that we're starting to see in the war game world, is people, instead of actually manufacturing a print run for their miniatures, they're having STL 3D printing files made, and they're selling those instead. A guy was just telling us about this last night. Yeah. And it's a, I didn't know you guys had the files on drive-thru. Oh, yeah. It's getting, we have more and more every year. In fact, to the, it's gotten big enough to the point that recently we uploaded a uh, how-to 3D print video uh, in association with... Uh, Produced by Fat Dragon Games, which is a big seller of 3D printers, and it included like, here's how you 3D print, here's some brands, and here's how you troubleshoot, here's, you know, things to look for versus not in a good 3D print file. Um, but it's really just an educational, like, here's how you do it. Uh, 3D printers are getting cheaper every year. Uh, they are going to, they are getting higher quality and cheaper every year, whether we like it or not. Uh, technology moves forward uh, and it becomes a bigger part of uh, everyone's lives which means it's going to become a bigger part of gaming life and we should expect it to impact the way that games are consumed and the kind of things that are done so if you want to sell an STL file you can do that you can also bundle multiple types of files together so for instance we actually have a very successful product on Warhammer Vault called World War Tesla and when you buy World War Tesla, which is this sort of Tesla tech version of World War I, uh, you not only get the rule book, you get the STL files. They are not selling miniatures for that game at all. You cannot order World War Tesla miniatures from your friendly local gaming store. You can only get them through 3D printing. And it's selling quite well. Now, bear in mind, that's a strategy you have to kind of make that decision early on in the development process. Um, but it is nonetheless currently a valid decision, and you can bundle those multiple file types together in a single product. Yes, question. Can you bundle them together and then also sell them separately? You can. Um, does, that, that's all I needed to know. Just, yeah, I don't know why I would. If I would, I was just curious. Sure, uh, you can. And let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, so this is usually something that happens after you have a slightly larger uh, game line. Um, but with Wargaming and STL files, you might have a reason to bundle them fairly soon. So uh, one of the tools we offer, and this is after you've been verified, which usually happens a month or two after you've been on the site, is what we call the bundling tool. The way the bundling tool works is you have multiple products, you put them in a bundle, and I did air quotes for those of you in podcast land. Um, you put them in a bundle, it's labeled bundle, 
and then you decide the pr bundle price. So for instance, if it's normally $20, you might say it's $15 in the bundle. If it's normally $5, you might say it's $4 in the bundle or $1, depending on what your judgment of this is. Then our site has an automatic, what we call the complete your bundle tool. So let's say there's three, book, say three books that you've decided to put in a bundle. They are all each normally $20. Buying them individually would be $60. You have decided that within the bundle, they are $15. So if I've already bought one of them, I get $15 off that bundle. I can now buy the other two books from the bundle, completing my bundle for, let's see, $30 when normally buying those two would be $40. Well, you set the prices. I mean, I mean generous on your end. I guess. We, completing your bundle has allowed, it, it is a huge incentive. People look at products and they say, well, I've already got two of these. I should get the other five. That's true. It's so much cheap. I could, I'll save, I will save money. Yes, you're saving money. I think it's actually not generous. It's brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I will totally take credit for this thing that was existent when I was hired at the company. All right, so, but yeah, but it's good for you because people buy more of your things. It's good for us because people buy more of your things. The customer uh, gets a deal and whatnot. So uh, that's another thing to look forward to. Generally, that like, we usually hold off on that till after verification because most people uh, need a somewhat larger catalog before the bundle tool actually makes a difference. You need more than just a couple products before bundling makes sense. Uh, especially because you don't necessarily want to put your products on sale immediately after they uh, launch. You want to wait at least a few months to get that initial you know, big product launch. Uh, because a huge number of your sales are going to happen in the first two months of the product being live. And that's true for every product, regardless of whether it's an RPG or not. So the way you do is, you know, you, you will occasionally have spikes, for instance, when, say, a supplement comes out or whatever. Um, but you don't want to put it on sale immediately. And the bundle is a type of sale. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that covers some of the basics. So you now you get a product. Oh, here we go. So. You, you, you've made an account, you've browsed the tools, you've gotten together a game, you are ready to go live. Um, so let's just talk about going live with digital stuff. Okay, we'll talk about print on demand in a second. So you've decided it's time to go live. So you've uploaded all your files, you've uploaded a cover, you've got product description, say, hey, this is, you know, you know, cyberpunk crossed with Victorian horror and da -da -da, you know, whatever it is you've decided that you're doing. And it's, a, and it's a nice evocative description. I know what I'm getting into. It's the price is set. You've got art, everything set up. Well, you hit make public, and then it's not public. And you're like, what is happening? Well, because you're a new publisher, when you hit make public, it doesn't immediately go public. It goes into a review queue, which usually takes one to five business days. I know, because I'm the one who does it. The Review it depends on how many people are submitting around the same time, honestly, of how, how long it takes to review them. Um, just a little bit of how the sausage is made. Uh, if I have a thousand incoming products, then it's going to take me longer to get to yours. Yeah, I've had days like that. Um, it's going to take me longer to get to yours than if I had five that day. Um, 
Yeah, there's some people with looks on their face. They're like, oh no, I thought I wanted to work in the RPG industry, but Chris's job sounds like a nightmare. I have a lot of fun. Anyway, so the... Um, well, you've got sunglasses. I wasn't talking about you, man. Yeah, so this is part of why the Make Public tool is there, why there is a review. Because, um, you know, when I look at your product and I see, I'm like, oh, excellent, they've actually uploaded their files, they've uploaded a cover, there's a product description, you know, a lot of that is what I'm looking for, is did you sort of check the basic boxes to, you know, have a basic, because sometimes I look at that and I'm like, hey, you still need to upload your cover, or, you know, you maybe you thought you uploaded your file, but it was somehow damaged during the process, could you please upload it again? I send out a lot of emails like that, however, there's a lot of, Delete, ban, no, do not sell illegal copies of Black Panther for download on our site, you person wow. in some country on the other side of the planet. Oh, look at this, the D&D Player's Handbook. Yes, yes. How many of those have you seen? Too many. All right, so that's part of why there's the review process, because even if you personally are doing so in good faith, not everyone is. Uh, we need to verify who's doing things in good faith and who just needs to be banned. Um, exactly. Everyone else is happy if we, <laughs> if we, if we take care of the spam. But that's why we got to vet everyone uh, and make sure that you actually know how you're using the tools. So, uh, so that's another little bit of a okay. Here's something to know. When you hit that make public, wait a few days before you follow up because it's going to take me a few days to get to it. Um, so. That's a, now let's say you want to do print on demand though. You don't just want that digital book. You want to uh, have a printed book. You want for people to be able to have a deck of cans, cards in their hand or, or an actual book they can work with. There's a process. First of all, preparing print books is a very different process than preparing a digital PDF. The rules are much stricter in terms of color profiles, layout, uh, bleed along the edges. Some of you I see nodding, maybe you know a little bit about graphic design. Um, I'll tell you your average uh, game designer, when they're just just starting out, they just like, no, I think I want to make games. They don't know these terms because they're not graphic designers or they haven't delved into it yet. Maybe the people in this room know, I don't know. Podcast land, I know some of you don't. There's too many of you. There's got to be someone who doesn't know. So it's for that benefit. It's for that person. All right, someone raised a hand. So somebody in the real world, too. So I'm vindicated. So the uh, there's all these terms, all, all these graphic design elements that go into it. So you upload the files. It usually takes about a week to review. After that week, your files are approved for printing. You order a proof. Because as much as maybe you did it completely right, there are professionals who have made files for us, something went wrong. Now, it might be something small. It might be something that you should have noticed for, you know, maybe a misspelled word or whatever, and you just don't want to go public till that part is done. It could be tiny, but you still need to review. Make sure everything looks right. You know, can't tell you how many times some of the biggest publishers out there, people who are very professional, just for whatever reason, in the book, in their layout, there was the same page two times in a row. Just dumb little mistakes like that. They happen. And when you're flipping through the physical book, it occurs to you that this happened in ways that it didn't when you were, when you were managing the digital file. So you proof your book. 
Um, assuming everything looks good and you're ready to go, then when you decide it's time to go public, you, you hit that button. I will say in terms of a sales tip, if you are planning on doing PDF and print for a specific product, not all products are should be. You know, maybe you have small digital supplements, five pages, you're not gonna do a print product for that. But let's say you are planning on like, this is my role playing book, it's going to have a PDF element and a print element. You will make more money if both go live at the same time. Because there will be people who look at the print, at the PDF, and they say, well, I'll wait till there's a POD, till there's a book, then I'll buy them both as a bundle. And then they forget about it. And then they don't come back to it. Yep. So, it, it, now if you're not planning on doing both, you're just, you're fine. Just, just sell it as is. But if you are planning on having it print, make sure you have it in print from launch. So, Let's see, that's some other tips. We've talked about print on demand. So, now you've gone live. You have uh, uh, some products there, public. They're in the store. You're a, you're a publisher. You're not just a creator, not just a developer anymore. You're a publisher. You have published a book. So what now? Okay, well, obviously you would like more people than your local gaming group and your Aunt Myrtle to buy copies, right? That'd be nice. It'd be, it'd be nice to have, like, more people than, like, five guys who you see every Thursday, right? Ideally. Ideally. That's the goal, right? More than five people. Six, six. Don't aim too high. All right, so the... Now you need people to get to know. Now, this is where some stuff is going to be off of our site. You know, you need to start getting active on social media. You need to start posting in role-playing forums. Every major forum out there has a place that is the corner of their forums of, here, come, come you know, tell us about your project that you want to sell us on. They don't want you spamming all the forum, but there's an area where it's like, okay, you, you've, you have a thing for sale now, please tell us about it. This is true on RPGNet, this is true on Reddit, this is true on EN World. There's a corner of it that is a tell us about your thing. Don't say it in the not <laughs> in the other place. Don't tell you say it in mechanics discussion. I have a book for sale now. That's great. Go to the go to the go to the promotions forum. Yeah. But you know maybe you want to start a Facebook po po uh, group so you can start promoting and whatnot. Um, so there's going to be you know maybe you want to go to conventions like Metatopia. Or realistically, other conventions, local ones, where you're actually running your game that people can buy, because you're not testing. You're not Metatopia now. You're not testing. You're done. You're live, right? So now you need to go convince people to, to buy this thing. And usually that's a good way of doing that is showing them how it's played. So you're going around. You're, you're going to conventions. You're posting on social media. You know, maybe you're directing some of that traffic back to drive-thru. Thank you. Um, what else do you need to do on drive-thru? Well, hopefully you'll be coming out with more products than just that in the long run. Supplements to your role-playing game, new games that you've developed. Uh, you know, if you're more in the war game world, maybe new STL files like, oh, you know, our, in our World War One game, we've added a new faction, Japan, or what have you. You know, so now here's the, the print files for Japanese planes in World War One. You know, what, whatever it is you're working on, right? So expansions and whatnot. But new stuff is good. 
uh, but it's not enough. There are also best practices, things like you can, we ban outside links on our site, but you can do internal links. So, for instance, you can, with your new STL file of that Japanese warplane, you can link back to your original main book. So people who say, oh, new product, Japanese warplane, or they searched for Japanese warplane, they see that, they say, oh, there's a rule set that goes with this link back. Or if it's a role-playing game, oh, new module. Oh, let me check this out. Oh, link back to the main book that that's related to. Or, hey, here's some links to other things I've worked on. You know, if you, li if you like this module, please support my other work. Uh, you, could in you can embed a YouTube video to showing people playing your game. You know, one of the best things you can do is educate yourself by browsing the heck out of our site. It will cost you nothing just to look at several product uh, things and say, this works, this one doesn't. This one's not very clear about what I would be buying if I paid for it. This one seems to be charging a whole heck of a lot for the page count and what it's doing. But it, but maybe the are the sales low versus, you know, when you look at the metals, copper, silver, whatever that indicates how well it's selling. You can see the, how well the things sell. So on all of our sites, so here's another thing. There is a thing called the metal system. The way metals work is, uh, first of all, only sales for value count. So a free download on a pay what you want product doesn't count towards this. But if they say, oh, I'll chip in a dollar, that counts. For every uh, sale you make, it ticks up on what kind of metal you have. It goes copper, silver, gold, platinum, uh, so sorry, electrum, platinum, uh, mithril, adamantine. Because we use D&D rules, not Olympic rules on drive-thru. Um, there's a very, very small list of adamantine products. Um, it's a new thing we used to do. We used to have gold was the max. It used to be platinum was the max. Then we had like 900 platinum products, and it was not a useful category anymore. Um, but the point is, when people look at your product, they, you can see. Uh, so as a consumer, you can look and see, have a lot of people bought this? You know, maybe it says something about what's on the inside. You know, maybe something with a platinum sale for a really large price ticket. What about that? is causing people to buy it. You know, look at, you know, why is this a best-selling product? Maybe it has a lot of art. Maybe the, the rules are very clear. Maybe they have a very big community that they've cultivated. But it's something to think about. Um, you know, why is it this designer I've never heard of has an adamantine product? Like, that should tell you something. Uh, do pro And this sort of product research costs you time, but will not cost you money just to browse the heck out of our site. Uh, so in terms of like how can you t determine certain numbers, so metals are one way of determining what people are spending money on. Uh, another thing is, uh, here's you need to know how our algorithm works. So on the front of our site you will see a strip at the very top called best selling products or it might say hottest products. What does that actually mean to say it's best selling? Um, it is a formula, obviously it's an algorithm but it's not that day per se. Otherwise, some weird stuff would be bumping up in there. Um, it is dollars divided by days on the site. So the older something is, even if for some reason, you know, because we have seen this happen where like an older product, for whatever reason, 
you know, some popular YouTubers like, let me tell you about this module that I loved when I was a kid. And then we get, you know, hundreds of sales that day on that old school D&D module. Well, we don't consider that necessarily to be a very hot thing, if you will, because it's an older product. It's not making a big splash. If we did it by the day, then you'd see that more often. Instead, when the hottest, you're looking at the newest stuff. You're looking at stuff that is selling quite well, that is relatively recent, because we have found that that's what our customer, first of all, we have found that's what our customers want. Our customers want to know what the new hotness is. And honestly, if we just made it by lifetime sales, it would be the same top 10 products for the rest of time. And they would all be by Wizards of the Coast. And no one would ever have a chance of anything. We like you guys too much for that. Look at you, you're so cute. We're, we, we want your products to succeed and not just have the biggest people rule. Is DM skilled under your... Yes, we do. So, um, yeah, we were... Okay, so I'm going to answer this real quick, talk a little bit about community content programs, and then we're going to open it up for questions. So, uh, in addition to the websites on this card, we have programs that are called the community content programs. The way community content programs work is an existing company says you may play around with some of our intellectual property. In the case of DM's Guild, it is 5th edition D&D. You can play around with more of it than you can get, do in the OGL, the Open Game License. And they have opened up at this point three different settings. Forgotten Realms, Ravenloft, and Eberron. You can straight up write a module taking place in Waterdeep and sell it on DM's Guild. I know Eberron was open yet. Oh, Eberron's I open now. Right, Wayfinder's Guide to Aberon yeah, yeah. just came out, yeah. Uh, and when Wayfinder's Guide came out, they opened up Eberron. And now you can play in Eberron. You can totally have your, like, war, you know, Army of Warforged module if you want. So, there are other community content programs. There is Storyteller's Vault, which is White Wolf-related products, which at this point has unlocked Werewolf, Mage, uh, Vampire, um, Exalted... And will and including various historical eras for all of those, including all different editions. Like you could write first edition or third edition vampire if you really wanted to. Uh, we have about ten more or twelve more programs, which means that I'm not going to remember all of them as I rattle them off. But we have one for Zvihander, which is uh, an old school retro clone. We have Seventh Sea Explorer Society. We have Traveler's Aid Society. If you like traveler stuff. Uh, we actually have a 3D printing uh, one for Fat Dragon's Dragonlock system. They have opened up certain textures and whatnot on their 3D printing platform. Love, several of them are public to play with anyway, but there are some that are special exclusive to the Dragonlock, to our uh, system there. Uh, so we're experimenting not just with different kinds of product, but also like 3D printing, community content. We also have community content for uh, Torg, if you're into Torg, uh, Torg Eternity, uh, yeah, like we have some, some confused faces. I will goob at you after this panel if you really want to know what Torg is. Um, we have Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, this guy knows what Torg is. Uh, we've got the Call of Cthulhu Miskatonic Library if you want to play in the new 7th edition Call of Cthulhu. Uh, so there's a lot of different programs uh, as well as new ones coming up all the time. Uh, in term, and you don't have to have a full publisher account. If you're like, hey, I would really like to write a module taking place in Torque, 
in the new edition. You can do that now. And you get some of the money from it. Alright, so we have less than 15 minutes left, which best practices say it is time to open up the floor to questions. Thank you. Um, first question I had is you said you take your existing account, if you have one, mm -hmm. and upgrade it to a publisher account. Yes. Is there a reason why you would want to use the same account? Can you do two separate accounts? Sure, you can absolutely have a separate account. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to, if you want to sort of keep clear, this is my account for logging in as a publisher, this is my account for logging in for me personally. You can. Most people don't. There become reasons to have it separate down the line. Mm -hmm. But if you're talking about down the line, you can actually uh, add account access. You can have multiple emails access the same publisher account. And if you're like, well, you know, I, I have gotten to the point where I feel like I need to keep this a little more separate, you can uh, start up a get, get, start an account with a new email and then just kind of move things around so that that account is on the publisher account and not the customer account. Uh, okay. You always have to start associated with one, but uh, Honestly, after about five minutes, you can then move it around. We don't care. Sure. Um, and the second half of that is, um, if at any point in time, right, you have a baby, you move to Mars, whatever, mm -hmm. um, can you cancel an account? Uh, you can. There are, you know, for instance, maybe you're just tired of dealing with separate taxes mm -hmm. and whatnot. Generally, at that point, the best practices are to just make all your products private so you don't get sales anymore. Okay. But that way, your old customers can still get access to them. Uh, that makes sense, yeah. So if you make all your products private, then as far as the customers, new customers are concerned, they don't get to cause you tax problems by giving you money anymore. Um, but your old customers can still get access to them. Gotcha. So uh, does that answer your question? Oh, absolutely. OK, good. Do you guys do free downloads or is it just absolutely? Okay. We encourage free downloads. So if you were going to do that, it'd probably be better to switch them to free. You could if you wanted to continue allowing people to get access to them. Yeah, that is what some people do. Uh, if you want, now old customers can still get it in their library, but if you want to just say, look, people in the future, if they want to enjoy my work, make it free. You can do that. That's fine. We don't care. We don't care if you have a million free products. There are some publishers on our site. They are only either free or pay what you want. I just didn't know if pay what you want was your was the No, you can free go free. You can go free. Okay. Yeah, there's been absorbing information. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kinda wanted to just go to my laptop and go on the site now. Yeah, just browse browse around and yeah. So uh so I have a few things up here if you guys want to come and kind of put hands on things. So first of all, this is an example of our soft cover black and white printing, if you want to see how that sorts out. Uh, these two are color printing. One is standard and one is premium. I explicitly got the same book in both standard and premium so you could see how the color is different. Now you can also do hardback printing for black and white. So just this kind of binding can happen on this perfect bound style as well. Uh, there is also our card printing. 
Uh, this is a standard, this is American uh, poker size, I believe. Yeah, that's American poker. If you want to take a look through that pack. I mean, I, we're, we're not going to use cards. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but just a little bit about that. But these are some of our options in terms of uh, the sizes and whatnot. Mm -hmm. uh, but in terms of cards, here's my business card. You may want that card. That's the premium. One of them is premium. It's the the covers are the same, so I can't tell just by looking at them. I'm guessing the binding is slightly off on that. So uh, there is a tolerance for binding, which yeah. is an Sorry. eighth of an inch. Okay. So uh, because of how they have structured it, they haven't given themselves an extra eighth inch there okay. for tolerance, which is why this came out like this. Gotcha. So you just have to make sure your your picture has that tolerance in it. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to see what our black and white printing looks like, that's it. If you want to see what our and that also does our perfect bound binding. And this is our hardcover binding. Uh, and you can compare it. Yeah. Especially why I like having these two books is you can look at the same page, and look at how the same image sorts out. Podcast gold. Yep. All right. <laughs> so this is the check the visual aid companion piece. There is no visual aid companion piece. You could just buy two of the same book. Buy two <laughs> books. That's how you can learn. Clairvoyance. Buy both of them. That's the premium, right? I'm also colorblind. Too. I'm this colorblind, too. Ah. Okay. It does look, yeah. Maybe the colors the are richer. Let's go with. Hmm? I said maybe green's not the best one. I'm colorblind. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. I'm just, I'm just seeing a lot of green in here. Okay, what? Yeah, that's the premium. Yeah, shadowing and all that. Yeah. Although it's, this this looks better. You can than tell it's premium, right? Podcast land. You all can right. see the shadow. It, it's pretty it's totally close. worth it to buy premium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, you want premium? You want to buy premium? I got you, man. All right. So this is our standard. Uh, so this is to show you what the card printing is like. This is uh, this is our standard print pack, if you will. If you were you're like, hey, can I order a, a print sample? This is what we would recommend you buy. This is our standard print pack. Yeah, drive through cards. So this is uh, our standard print pack, but these are American poker size. This is a tarot size, but it also gives you a sense of how big different options we have are, including our you know our mini card and the American poker size, but as well as a couple other options like Euro and bridge size. So I don't know if anyone in this room wants to do card printing. If so, you can take these with you. Do you Perhaps. Want? No, take photos, please. Do you want to just take photos? You can take it. I have another set if you if you want one with this group and one with you, sir. Sure. All right, let me pull it up. Sorry, podcast line. You should have come to my panel if you wanted free cards. Playing fun games at Metatopia. Yeah, you should have come to Metatopia and come to my panel. I've played a lot of good mech games. There's a lot of good games here. 